Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Can the Wild find a way to get it done and save the day for Minnesota sports fans? Hello, everybody. Mike Max Sports to the Max. Twins drop two to Houston. Twins drop three to Houston. Houston's won 10 straight. Uh, not a good few days at the yard, as they say. But tonight, the Wild will play in game six. Against the St. Louis Blues, win and come home, lose and come home. I guess either way, the question is, will you, will you be playing a game on Saturday night? Joining us, somebody that can break it down much better than I can, on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Tom Chorsky, how are you tonight? Boy, we got we got a, a, a shot of hot air here today. This is beyond playoff weather, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a little wiped. I uh, I had to put up a fence today because my fence came down in the windstorm Did last it? night. Yeah. How, how bad? How yeah. Damaged or just down and you could fix it? Uh, damaged. I'm I going to have to replace a few sections. Oh, boy. Did you know last night that it was going down or were you just sitting there and going, well, we'll, we'll look at it in the morning? Uh, I, I, I was out to dinner, actually, downtown uh, and uh, came home. And when the sun came up, I was having coffee. I looked outside and uh, the whole... <laughs> So my fence was down. It's worse than I thought. Yep. And if you got a dog, you got problems. Dog's got to be able to go out in the backyard. So got to get the fence up. So Tom had a new job for the day as he awaited his game. So tell me what we got here, Tom. Uh, We'll get to the goalie change in a second. Uh, But the last two games, what's happened? Has St. Louis found anything new? Have they? uh, They just have more healthy personnel. What's about the time we were ready to to move the the uh, uh, Wild into the next round with Colorado? Oh yeah, St. Louis stepped up twice and punched them pretty hard. What what was different the last two games? You know, I think a few things. Um, you know, they dodged that injury bullet and and got a couple defensemen back, or you know, they got some D back. And um, I think, you know, more importantly, they made that goalie switch. And mm-hmm. Biddington, Biddington's a guy who won them the Stanley Cup, and um, he's come in and has been successful. And it's just been a combination of things. You know, the Wild came out of the gate uh, great last game. It, it looked like you know they 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 got scored on, but all of a sudden it's two to one. Uh, Kaprizov scores this incredible goal, just like not from this universe. Yeah, and uh, and it just felt like wow, the Wild really had an answer, and and you know everyone probably collected a sigh of relief, including you know maybe them. But St. Louis has been really resilient; they've been able to bounce back themselves. And um, you know, Biddington I think has been has been a little bit of a difference maker. He plays the puck very well, so apparently the Wild tonight are going to try to probably keep their you know when they do dump the puck in they're going to try to leave it in the corner real soft or it's going to have to go about 100 miles an hour around the around the glass but uh just been a combination of things and maybe it was maybe it was coming back and getting that lead and and a little bit of a relief but you know the wild have their own uh responsibilities in this thing too and and they're you know Kaprizov I mentioned his goals but he's been kind of the only consistent scorer um, they need some secondary scoring and and they need a little tired defense. They uh, 
they, uh, you know, just were a little loose last game too, some or uncharacteristically. Is Kevin Fiala just not strong enough to create his own space in the playoffs, or is it just a matter of time? No, I, you know, I've seen him blow some guys up that try to step into him. So I don't, I don't know that he's he's not strong. Um, I, he may be frustrated. Um, they may be, you know, they, St. Louis does a good job of locking it down. Um, and Kaprizov has just been, just you know, been able to find. He doesn't need much space. Um, Fiala, you know, I think sometimes likes to carry that puck, and and they've stopped that. They, they, we haven't seen him, you know, with the puck on his stick a whole lot. It, it just hasn't been happening. And you know, and their special teams, you know, maybe special teams has to get better too. The PK and and the and the power play. The numbers aren't um, where they should be, and you know maybe that's an area where where Fiala, if he could, if he could score on the power play early in the game, um, maybe that gets him going. Felino really hasn't been. You know, a lot of games he's picked this team up in the regular season. Um, you know when they needed someone, but he really hasn't been that guy in this series, has he? No, you know, and, and I think that's okay. I, I, they need him to be first and foremost. Um, you know, physical on the ice. And I think he, he has been that. Um, he also was pretty instrumental in the first uh, power play goal that Kaprizov scored the other night. He put a nice screen. He's out there in front and, and on the power play, he's usually the guy that retrieves pucks in the corners pretty quick. And so he's been doing a lot of little things um, uh, and their line has been pretty effective, you know, aside from showing up on the, on the score sheet. Um, I think, I think overall he's, he's, He's bringing enough to the table that uh, that we should shouldn't uh, shouldn't point the finger at him too much. Okay, so they made the change, Cam Talbot nets tonight instead of Mark Andre Fleury. As an outsider looking in, you go, well, I understand the making the change, but are they a day late and a dollar short? Was was there a time when you thought it would have been more appropriate than tonight, or does this play out in a way that you go, it makes sense? Well, personally, I would have. I kind of. I, I like. I feel more comfortable with Cam Talbot's style of play. He's just a little more under control. Now, Mark Andre Fleury has, has done quite quite well, um, and certainly he was prepared for for you know mentally and emotionally for a big game like you know or a big series. But um, I think you know they they need to change it up. Um, Talbot had such good numbers down the stretch, and he played really well. I think. Um, the fact that uh, you know Mark Andre Fleury is he's won he's won two and lost three, um, in a way Talbot you know deserves the the opportunity deserves the chance and he played well before they got to the playoffs, um, but it's a little hard probably to throw him in you know throwing him right into the into the fire here and in a do or die must win situation but you know also he should you know if he if he's not affected emotionally or psychologically and he's ready to roll. Um, he certainly should be fresh, should be sharp, and uh, I'm sure he, you know, he's he's old enough. He's not he's not an inexperienced young guy, so um, it would be awesome to see him come in and and shut the door. Tom Chorsky is our guest. Do players play differently for different goalies? I mean, uh, do you take more chances if you believe you've got a great backstop there? Do, do you think the game differently uh, based on who's in the nets that night or, or not? Uh, I think maybe in certain situations in the regular season, if you got your backup in and the backup doesn't play a lot, you know, and then you're a little more, um, you're a little more conscious of it. But under these circumstances, I think both you know, the forwards and the defensemen, they've got their own, 
they've got their own games to worry about. And I think they're probably equally comfortable with Talbot uh, coming in. And so I, I, I don't think they're going to be thinking too much about uh, or too much difference between uh, uh, Flower and, and Talbot. I think they're going to be all worried about their own, their own roles and their own responsibilities. And, and they're going to just be confident that Talbot's going to play well. You know, Tom, leading up to this, the only thing that was to be determined during the regular season the last week and a half was home ice. Was St. Louis going to get it or Minnesota going to get it? And we and we got caught up in a lot of that. Got to get home ice. Got to get home ice. Well, the home team is two and three in in, in this playoff series. Do we overrate uh, home ice? Well, you know, now I, I, not if we win tonight. Home <laughs> ice is going to look pretty good, pretty good on Saturday night, right? So. Yeah. Um, it, it flip-flops just like so many things in playoffs. Um, these, these seven game series, you know, when they do go six, seven games, um, they really are kind of an odyssey. They're, they're, they're just their own, you know, it's like their own, um, little storylines that happen from game to game and, and the leverage changes from game to game and, and the trends change. And, and all of a sudden you think one thing's happening and then something else happens. And so, you know, game, Game one was, you know, we knocked the wild on their on their backside, and everyone was freaking out that they got thumped so bad, and and then they bounced back, and all of a sudden the narrative changes, and we're back to being <laughs> we're back to being in good shape. So um, the playoffs are that you know it's a wild ride and it's a lot of fun, and they're delivering as as usual. The NHL playoffs are are so much fun to 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 be a part of you just want to be on the winning side right yeah, for sure now when you when you evaluate defensemen in the playoffs in particular does, does the statistic the most important statistic become block shots probably yep um block shots is going to be huge um a, you know especially on when you're killing penalties um but block shots are big um you know they have to be physical they gotta they have to be but not out of position you know i think the wild were a little sloppy uh last game um, couple goals that just, you know, the Tarasenko one, he wired one in from a ways out. That was probably on, on, uh, flurry, but, uh, um, you know, the, the defenseman after, after block shots, you know, it, it's probably a stat, you know, they've got to be breaking up plays. They got to have a good stick on the puck and, and just be taking away time and space because, because those players will find a little opening and then you got to shut it down immediately and not let them get those shots off. So, um, if they don't block it, they've got to, you know, break up the pass or, or get a, get a stick, um, deflect, deflect a, a shot that's, uh, you know, that's in the scoring zone. And a little bit to your point, but we talk about Fiala not getting loose. Tarasenko had been a non-factor until the other night and all of a sudden he scores the natural hat trick in the, in the third period. Granted, there was an empty netter, but, but yeah. that, that can happen the same way for a Fiala is kind of what you were alluding to earlier, right? I mean, the circumstances dictate and all of a sudden you can be the, if you've got the skill set. I think so. It, it could happen for him. He, he seems to, you know, get, he gets hot and gets warmed up and, and if he could put one in uh, early tonight, you know, he could maybe get a second one, but you know, they, they need, they need Hartman to score a goal. Yeah. Um, you know, Boldy's on that top yep. six there and, and, you know, he's young and we forgive him a little bit, but he's being given a lot of opportunity and he's playing with good players and, and he performed during the regular season, you know, over, a long enough time that we could probably expect him to um, make a play here, either with a with a nice pass or or, or a big goal. So there's some other players that uh, that need to step up and and uh, support uh, Kaprizov scoring. 
you know, Tom, Dean Everson was talking about, you know, somebody said, well, is there not as much space? And he, was, he laughed. He said, of course there's not as much space. It's the playoffs. What do you remember about your playoff experience? Maybe the first one. Could you tell right away that this was a different brand of hockey that you had to get used to? Absolutely. Um, so much on the line. Um, everyone wants to get to that, uh, to the finals and play for uh, Lord Stanley's Cup. Um, and uh, just intensity raises. And so the, 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 t- the time and space go- goes away a little bit. Everyone plays a little faster and they, you know, everyone's expected to finish checks to, to a certain degree. Um, so everyone's playing physical, everyone's playing fast, everyone's and and you're on point for, for, you know, positioning and where you're supposed to be. And you've got a game plan. Um, you're matching lines so that, uh, you know, you got a defensive unit that's trying to shut down an offensive line. And, um, it's just, it just takes away all the, all the time and space that, that they can. Everyone's got a, everyone's got an angle and a tactic and a strategy. And so, um, it does get, uh, it does get very intense and it gets very difficult to, you know, to, to, to get open and, and get those easy looks that sometimes you get in the regular season. Last question. Will the first period tell us everything we need to know tonight? Well, you know, the wild has been, they've been pretty fast team um, at, at times this year. And, and, and that would be wonderful. It'd be great. Um, but at the same time, I could see them being a little, you know, making sure that they don't they don't slip up and and give St. Louis an easy one. Um, so it might be a little bit more of a chess match, and you know, it, unless we're unless we're down, unless the Wild are down in the first period, I don't know that the first period will uh, will tell us everything. I it might be zero zero going into the second, and, and you know, so uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. They they probably love to come out fast, but I think it's going to be pretty tight in the first period tonight. Fun stuff, Tom. Thank you so much for giving us some time and always your insights are appreciated very much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great night. You bet. Tom Chorsky, nice enough to join us. He's got me fired up for this one now. Uh, not far away. You know, how is all this rain? And if this weather acts up, we'll, we'll obviously break away and, and get into our coverage like we did last night. Um, but um, uh, it looks like it'll stay west of us for a while, but we'll, you know we're all on, on top of it. Then later we're going to have a fishing guide, an area fishing guide, tell us how it affects uh, th- this weather this week will affect the opening weekend. Plus the Vikings' schedule is out. I can't believe they're playing Dallas and New England in the same week. We'll talk about that and much more. It's sports to the max. Twins drop two to Houston right here on 830. Chris Tubbs, last night we had inclement weather. You stepped up and did yeoman's duty. I had somebody ask me, when do you decide that it's time to go all out weather? Uh, explain it because last night we just kept seeing this front moving in and pretty soon we do rely on our, our on our textures, don't we? At 651-461-9226 because generally speaking, they give us some great tips as to what's going on out there. Yeah, th- they do. And I think, you know, I was texting with Paul back and forth and once the twins went into a delay, it, it was just a matter of time. We knew that we were going to have to go. Uh, we knew that we were going to have to go wall to wall. It was just a matter of how quickly can we get everything lined up. And then, you know, you text, you're like, hey, I'm here and I'm ready. So at that point, I mean, it was a pretty easy decision to make. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was proud of what happened last night. I, I mean, it's just one of those I know that we've gotten emails like, you know, you can't take for granted when weather comes through. You just kind of step up and you just do it. Right, and we rely on yeah. those people out there because yes. especially I, I mentioned this this morning when I was on Vanita. You, you know, when it gets dark, 
I mean, when it's light out, it's one thing. But when it's dark, we don't have the same eyes for obvious reasons. And we need you to tell us, hey, man, I, I'm, it's undrivable here. There's standing water at the, you know, wherever it is. And yes. Give us the uh, – there's a tree down across this street. We, we can't be everywhere, nor can anybody. And so it's really important that we work with you on these things is what, what makes WCCO so special. Yeah, it's, it's that listener input because if we don't hear about it, we don't know. And the great thing was, Maxie, there was, you know, Minnetonka, there was Blaine, there yeah. was Plymouth, there was Yeah, Cotton it was Road. a big swath, wasn't it? It was all, yeah. I mean, like everybody, and I was thinking about it earlier today, it's like, if you, if you're experiencing it, then somebody else's experienced it, but they just don't have the means to call in and let us know. So yep. by letting us know, while you're doing, you know, you're doing more for your fellow Minnesotans. Yeah, do than, what you than, can, right? Absolutely. You possibly and, and, and don't assume that we know that, you know, the power's out here. We don't know. Yeah, we have, and, and, we have, and, we have and, no idea. And, and we learn things as we go. But, but I mean, in situations like that, because, mm-hmm. you know, every year I go through this, you know, you yeah. forget about it, then you get reminded. And luckily, you know, you and I had Paul to bounce it off of, and he, and he was, you know, he could oh, do all the heavy huge. lifting. Yeah. But, but, but it is so critical. Um, that that we that that our, our listeners engage with us and understand there are partners in this thing and we don't know more than you know. No, and, and that and that's absolutely. I mean, uh, I look at it this way, Maxie. All we're doing is we are the vessel to get that message. We're the out. vessel, and we'll, we'll, we'll by any means we'll go. Yeah, yeah, yep. and that's you know as the text were coming in, it was like I I enjoyed the challenge of trying to get them out. In real time, because things were moving so fast. Yes, and, and that's what I'm saying. If, if a highway right. should be shut down and nobody knows it, and you tell us, you might save three people from absolutely. You know, yeah, and you're yeah, they're doing more and not even realizing it. Yeah. So it's it's a thank you to everybody out there that is keeping their neighbors literally safety. Yep. You know, the, good neighbors. Yeah, yep. you're, you're keeping everybody safe. You're doing your best by letting us know. So. For me, I mean, personally, thank you. Yeah, for sure. You did a great job last night. And I mean, if we have to do it again tonight, we'll step up and do it again we'll, tonight. We'll, we'll I'll tell you what plays into that, though, is the folks at AMI. Uh, why? Because the, you, you talk about all these appliances and all these things. If you get if you get into the uh, the members-only uh, piece of it, and, and, and for nine ninety nine a month, you get uh, – uh, you you call in and you get service and you get a reduced cost and, and your HVAC and your air conditioning, all these things that are covered. And right now is the time to think about, you know, the Total Solutions membership and all that goes with it because right now is when we're entering this new season. And if you didn't pick up on it, today was hot and humid. Get that air conditioner checked. Maybe it's time to get a new air conditioner. Maybe it's time just to talk to the folks at AMI and let them work you through this because some of these decisions are not easy decisions. They respect that. They know that. And when you call them, they'll answer the phone. That's right. They'll answer the phone. Uh, Mike Nesdal is just, I mean, he is all over that. If we're going to be the best, there are certain simple fundamentals that we have to execute. And one is that we answer the phone when people call. Heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical. And and, and I got to tell you, the way they purify water with their system, second to none. And if you don't know what you're getting right now through your tap water and your faucet, you might want to have that checked too, because you may not be just, you may be shocked at the water you're consuming, and that's why we always say the same thing: thinkami.com, thinkami.com, thinkami.com. 
Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. I mentioned that fishing weekend. Here we go, game on. Where are they biting? Walleye, those feed bags. What, what do we got cooking? Rory Nelson is a guide extraordinaire in this area. area. Uh, I spent some time with him on the lake the other day. Uh, picked his brain a little bit as much as he would allow me to. And now he gets ready to go game on. He joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Rory, thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. You're getting excited. I can even hear it in your voice right there. Uh, yeah, this is uh, going to time out for the uh, St. Cloud down through the Twin Cities is maybe maybe one of the better fishing openers in the last 20 years. Uh, really? Most, yeah, well, most openers, you know, you're looking at 30-mile-an-hour winds or you're yeah. looking at 25 degrees at night and 45 during the yeah. day. And, and this year, you're going to be able to go out at midnight, be in a pair of jeans, sweatshirt and uh, oh, the not way have to wear be. gloves, not to have to wear the hat. You know, it'll be nice. Okay, let's break this down one at a time. Obviously, last night we have inclement weather and a chance of more tonight. What do those systems do to fishing a couple days out? Um, it's actually going to be beneficial um, for the shore fishermen, um, for the guys who are going to go out at night, and literally it's going to bring the fish in shallower. Um, say if this storm was coming in on uh, tomorrow just before uh, midnight, the storms would push the fish around. Uh, the thunder, they don't like it. It would be a tough bite for a number of hours before they'd start calming down. With this two storms we've had back-to-back here, you have so much water that's come in. Uh, even though it's 90 degrees, it's going to keep the water temperature down so it's not getting super hot super fast. It's also going to knock all the bugs in the water and all the worms come out of the ground. So now you're going to have the bass up eating the worms, the sunnies, the crappies. The walleyes are going to be up feeding on the bait fish. They're going to be eating the bugs in the water. And you're going to have a long enough period that everything's going to calm down, and it's just going to be beneficial. The channels will be having lots of fish in them. Um, I think Tonka is going to be absolutely fantastic. But you got to know how to fish Tonka. I mean, that's a, that's a big piece of water. And as you were explaining to me the other day, uh, it's not just having the right spot. It's what time you're going to fish that spot. Explain. Well, walleyes, you know, Lake Minnetonka's zebra, you know, zebra mussels are in the body of water. It's gotten ex- extremely clear. Uh, walleyes are not a fan of bright light. They're nocturnal feeders or they like failing light uh, early morning, late evening. But it takes them a while to get up into the shallows. So, you know, going out at midnight till 2, 3 in the morning, if you ask me, it's going to be your best opportunity to get walleyes. Uh, the guys in the channels who go sit with bobbers, uh, just casting out a minnow, it's going to be an excellent year for that. Uh, the fish are going to be up there. They just came off a of spawn. Their feed bags are going to be put on. Uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, when you get up north, say, St. Cloud, the water's still too cold. Maybe the walleyes are still in spawn. It's going to be a week or two later. Uh, but for down here, uh, it's going to be <laughs> game on all species. The northerns are going crazy. The bass are going crazy. So the guys who want to go out early morning, uh, you know, get out an hour before sunrise. That's going to give you your best opportunity to get walleyes on Tonka, uh, Independence, uh, Oconia. Um, all those bodies of water kind of feed the same. Um, and then as the morning progresses, I'd switch right to Bass and Northern and have an absolute blast because they're going to be up feeding from probably 7.30 till about 10.30. Once you're done with that, pack it up, head into the small little bays, bring your crappie rods. The crappie spawn is on. It is fantastic. You can get your limited crappies in, a, in an hour or two. So now you get the whole entire gambit. And then if you want to stay out all day, head back out to the uh, – 
the shallows starting around 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and fish those all the way through dark until Sunday morning, and you'll have your opportunities best for walleyes. Now, you slayed some crappies at Ron Shera's uh, crappie uh, tournament on Saturday, didn't you? Yes, we did very well. Um, it was perfect timing. I actually had a buddy who was in the bay that we happened to go to the day before using uh, high-end sonar equipment, and uh, there was not a fish to be found in the bay we were in. And we had timed it out. It timed out perfectly that they had moved in that morning, and we started getting them, and they are all nice, you know, 10.5 to 13-inch crappies. We didn't get anything monstrous, uh, but it sure was fun. Now, now, one of the things that uh, encourages me when I, when I talk to you about it, Rory, I always worry about uh, fishing becoming an expensive game between electronics and boats. But as we sat the other day and, and we're casting and, and uh, having some fun on Lake Matanka, uh, you pointed to that channel. You mentioned this earlier, and you said, and there were people there that were fishing, I assume for crappies mainly, uh, but you said they're going to do just as well as anybody else if they go at the right time. And, and, and they don't have electronics, and they don't have a big boat, and they might not have the best equipment on the lake. But it was so encouraging to hear that there's a way, at least this year, uh, for people to to have a really good fishing experience from shore. They will. And also the people out in the boats. They can Now they can go out, and you, can, you can't park in a channel and fish. Okay, You can't block the waterway, but you can troll through them. So guys go out, say, uh, you head out at midnight. I would be fishing the channels or near the mouths of the channels uh, up until probably about 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then as that progresses, they'll bend in the channels feed and they'll start moving out to the, the breaks, the first breaks just outside the channels. So even the guys in the boats that may not have the best electronics, you can start in the channels, move out to the first break. You know, after about 7.30 in the morning, I'd go out to the deep side weed edge that you can find, usually 16 to 18 feet of water these days, right now at this time of year, and find that first good green weed patch, and you're going to find those walleyes are stacking up on those corners where the current's coming through because the current's bringing the bait, the bugs, and everything else. So everything else just falls. It just kind of falls into place. Now, if you're going sunnies and crappies, let's say it's mid-morning, you're probably going to want to be at about 8 to 10 feet, I'd say? I think you're going to probably even go up a little shallower than that. I think your boat should be sitting in about seven feet of water, six feet of water, and you should be casting up. And don't be too scared to go up to one foot of water. Put your bait six inches down the water column, cast it up as close to shore as you can, and start retrieving very, very slowly, barely making the bobber move. And you'll find those crappies are going to be very aggressive. But we were catching them uh, on Saturday in two, two and a half feet of water. Oh, wow. Hey, I got a text here from Mark who says he's fished Lake Minnetonka's whole life. He says, I've never used electronics. My pa said, I have to learn the lake. I have to smell the lake. Do you think everybody should start at least uh, learning how to fish without electronics? Well, it's, I, I think it's, it's, the way, it's the way I was taught. We didn't have electronics. It was, I was you know, I'm self-taught. The guys used to line up a house, a tree, and the water tower, and that would be you know, a spot that you could go. That was your GPS, right? That, that was your GPS. Now, the availability you have on your phone, I don't think electronics are ne- uh, a necessity. I think you could get away with just using your handheld phone with the Navionics chip in it. You can read the contours of the lake in one-foot increments. And I think you could go out and basically just start trolling depths that you can see on your phone. And once you catch a fish, you look down, okay, I'm in 18 feet of water. You can highlight your map 18 feet of water, and you know those fish are in roughly that depth, and then you just troll that, and you don't need electronics. You don't have to know if there's fish down there or not. 
sometimes seeing the fish so much and they're not biting makes you more frustrated. Sometimes it's okay not to know what's down there. <laughs> That's a great point. I know they're there. Um, do, do, do you think that we in Minnesota get too caught up with the coveted walleye and you can miss on a great fishing experience, whereas if you would adapt and just say, hey, let's do sunnies and crappies, let's find northern pike and bass catch and release, those kinds of things, that, that, that you end up missing the, uh, missing the boat, so to speak, pardon the pun, uh, because there are great opportunities if you don't get too locked in on the walleye? I, I think having um, a change uh, in your game plan throughout the season, I mean, say right now, the next two weeks, all species are going to be going. They're all, it's just going to be fantastic fishing for the next two weeks. Bass, northerns, walleyes, muskies, all that's going to be feeding heavy. And as the season progresses, you get into hotter temperatures where maybe the walleyes aren't biting as well. Well, do you want to go bang your head against the wall and not catch fish? Well, maybe we need to switch to let's go for some bass. Let's drag some daredevils for some northerns. Change it up a little bit. Um, the sunnies become so stacked up, uh, you know, in set spots during the summer, you can go out and throw on a slip bobber and have an absolute, you know, blast with sure. lightweight tackle catching big handful sunnies. You know, that's having those opportunities. It, that makes fishing always more enjoyable. I will go for what is biting. I do not have to catch walleyes. It's what I prefer. But if there's a good bite of something else going on, I will definitely switch and chase that bite. All right, Rory, so, so you're bringing a kid out for the first time or a young kid. Maybe they fished before. You're, you're going to have one big advantage, and that's going to be the weather. It's going to be nice weather, so you don't have to worry about them freezing in the boat. What, what advice do you give to the father or mother or guardian that brings a kid out that, that is trying fishing for the first time or one of the first few times to make it a good experience? Um, I would start off, first off, if you're if you're brand new at this, you got to get to your local bait stores. Um why is it a bait and tackle? Uh, they're open till midnight uh, on uh, on Friday. Um, you come, you go in there, you talk to them, you ask them what's going on. They're going to give you the ideas of where to go, what to use, uh, the baits that you need. Now, if you're going out, I would have multiple uh, species I'm willing to fish for. I'm not just going to say I'm taking my kid out for the first time, especially in a year like we're on today, and say we're only going to go catch walleyes. Sure. I would, I would, I would push away from that. I'd say let's go out at uh, be out an hour before sunrise. Let's go try for walleyes for an hour, and then let's roll up and let's go see if we can't catch some bass. And then from there, uh, let's uh, let's go try for some crony, you know, some crappies and sunnies in the middle of the day, and give that child an opportunity to catch multiple species. There, then you're into some action, and the kid doesn't get bored. The thing that kills kids on fishing is boredom. If they're not having fun, they're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, and if you miss so boredom with you, cold, you got a bad combination, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That'll turn kids off fascinating. You need to be willing to say as a parent, if the conditions aren't right, I'll take them up. When he says I need to go, you need to go. you got to get them off the lake. Make it as fun as you can. But on a weekend like this, multiple species, you can take a kid out for the first time. He will catch northerns, bass, sunnies, crappies, and even a possible walleye for the first time because everything is up shallow and feeding. So your opportunity is fantastic for this year to get a kid out and uh, the opportunities that exist for the next two weeks. All right. Rory, where do people find you once this season gets going? I know the opening weekend you just fish alone, but after that? Uh, you can find me at Wyzetta Bait and Tackle. I yep. will be there Friday night, uh, 5 to 10 o'clock, helping Timmy dip minnows. You guys want to come in and ask any questions, we'll get mm -hmm. you set up. Um, and then after that, you can find me on uh, um, Facebook at Minnetonka Masters Guide Service, or you can find me at the at the bait store. And I just want to say something. Shout out to Timmy and Bob. 
Um, you guys done fantastic. It's a local bait store here in Minnesota. They were on the cutting edge back in the 70s when they yep. opened up. Uh, and there's a possibility this will be the last opener for White Bait and Tackle. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, fingers crossed they, they keep the shopping mall, but there's a possibility they'll be done as in December. So uh, don't be afraid to stop in, say your thank yous to the guys. They deserve it. I wouldn't be the guy today that I am if it wasn't for those two. Well put, and we'll talk about them later as we as we go through the fishing season as well. Rory, thank you so much, and thank you for putting it in layman's terms for us. I appreciate it very much. Not a problem, sir. You have a good night. We'll talk to you soon, Mike. You bet, Rory Nelson. Nice enough to join us in News Talk 830 WCCO. Um, plenty more to talk about on this show, including but not limited to the Viking schedule is out. We'll spend some time on that and much more. Sports to the Max on WCCO. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Got a dental implant yesterday. Yes, I did. I've had too many of these. When I die and they cremate me, uh, somebody please go grab my teeth because that's where all my money is, I think. Because what happens is, if you're not familiar with it, first they put crowns on. And then when the crowns break, they get to it. Now you've already paid a couple grand for the crown, right? And then when that breaks, they finally get to a point, maybe twice, they'll say, well, maybe we should just do an implant. And then that's another three grand out of pocket, three to five grand out of pocket. And I got my fourth one on my front teeth. I've got two in the back. It's like $40,000 into my mouth over the last five years. That ain't fun, folks. But anyway, when they do the implant, they what they do is they graft some bone on and they put this stake into your bone and then they got to let the, the bone grow together with the other bone. And so they give you a temporary tooth. But what also happens is you get swelling. And and it, it's always a little concerning because they say go down to the pharmacy and, and you go down there and you're getting uh, amoxicillin and something else and some kind of a mouthwash that kills infections. Plus they want you to buy ibuprofen. So you got like four different medications sitting there. One's a painkiller, one's an infection killer, uh, one's a, a mouthwash that helps get to the, I guess, the infections part head on, and then you got ibuprofen in case you don't need the other painkiller. And I forgot to take round three of my ibuprofen. I just realized it's seven thirty, and now it's seven fifty-seven twenty. It hurts like hell. Um, <laughs> we come back. I figured you. I, I thought you were more of a grill guy personally, Maxie. What do you mean? Put the grills in your mouth? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I've had everything in this mouth. I mean, it, it, all I know is uh, I ain't never seen a good, uh, a cheap dentist back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.